message should help you when that occurs. And so we're going to look at the Sunday school story of David and Goliath. But it's more than a Sunday school story. It's a real story. It really happened. And we can learn some things from the way David killed the giant. And it can be very beneficial to uh, to us as well. Ten things, if you're taking notes, ten things you need to know and do in order to kill the giant. First of all, now have you found 1 Samuel 17? We're going to just be reading through there. So how many, how many, have you found that? Yes or no? You got that? Okay. So we're going to, we're going to read through here. Now the Philistines, now the Philistines were a type of the, the devil in the Bible. So, so don't forget that. And remember, when the devil shows up, what, it, what does he show up to do? Does anybody know what his, to steal, what? Kill and destroy. That's what the devil does. He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Now, the Philistines had set themselves up against the army of Israel and against the people of God. And notice in verse 4, in verse 4, it says, A champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath. Now, you need to remember he's from Gath because that will come into play at the end of this story. Now, where is Goliath from? He's from where? He's from, where, where is he from? Yeah. Now you got that, right? You got that. All right, he's from Gath. Now that, that'll be important at the end. Now, his height was more than nine feet tall. Think about that. Nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze greaves on his legs, the bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a, and a shield bearer went before him. So that he was decked out to the hilt. And the way he was dressed was enough to scare the living daylights out of somebody. How tall was he? I'm, I'm about almost six, so tack three more on to me. He's, he's a big fella. Big guy. Now notice here in verse 10, and the Philistine said, now what is his name? Goliath. Okay, just t- checking. I want to be sure you're... And the Philistine said... Now, what did he say? He said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Now, that's what the devil will do when he shows up to try to steal from you, kill you, destroy you in some way. He'll show up to defy you. I've come to defy you this day. He said, give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel, now Saul was the king, remember, of of Israel. And all Israel heard these words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and what? Greatly afraid. Okay, so there we've got the story set up. Now the first thing you want to do, ten things. Number one, when the giant shows up, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Don't ignore the giant. Don't ignore the giant. The giant. A lot of people think, well, we just ignore him and hope he'll go away. The giant won't go away. The devil won't go away. Okay? You need to remember that. Alright? A lot of times people that, that live by faith, one, one th- mistake they'll make is they'll, they think that what living by faith is, is ignoring the problem or saying the problem doesn't exist. 
See, faith acknowledges the problem. But faith does something about the problem. Okay? Now, uh, now remember when you face a giant, I want to make this clear. One of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to kill the giant or what? Okay, so this is not a funzy wrestling match that we're having. This is, this is to the death. He's going to either kill you or you're going to kill him. One or the other, okay? Is it, you understand that? So there's very serious here. So don't ignore him. That's number one. Don't ignore him. Hoping, well, maybe he'll go away. N- no, no, you, you, you don't ignore him. Now the second thing is, and this, this is a tough one. This is a tough one here. Don't be afraid of the giant. Now that's real easy to preach. That's real easy to say. That's real easy to tell people. It's real easy to tell people that when, when you're not the one facing the giant. You understand that? It's real easy to tell somebody else not to be afraid. See, you don't really know what you'll do, and I don't really know what I'll do until I'm facing the giant or until you're facing the giant. Remember, it's real easy to give other people advice. But what are you going to do when, that, when, when they tell you that you've got six months to live? Real hard not to be afraid. And I do not believe that it is wrong to feel fear. The Apostle Paul felt fear. He said he was afraid. You ever read what Paul wrote over in the New Testament? But here's the thing. Don't react based on fear. That's the key. Don't make any decisions based on fear. I don't think it's a wrong I don't think it's wrong to feel fear. People that, that tell you they don't feel fear are lying to you. Okay? We've all faced it. Let's just be as honest and real as we can. Has anybody ever been scared besides me? We just don't react based on that fear. So what's the first thing? Don't ignore the giant. What's the second thing? Don't, 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 don't react based on, on fear. Okay? Okay, now eventually David comes on the scene from his father's house. He's bringing some food to his brothers. Verse 23. Then as he, David, that's David, talked with them, his brothers, there was, there, there he was. The champion, the Philistine of Gath, named Goliath, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. He was defying. Goliath was defying the people of God. David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were what? Dreadfully afraid. See, they've already missed the second thing on my sermon, hadn't they? So the men of Israel said... Have you seen this man who has come up? Have you seen the giant? Surely he's come to defy Israel. Here's number three, if you're taking notes. Do not magnify the giant. Measure the giant against God, not against yourself. Don't magnify the giant. Measure the giant 
against God. Not against yourself or even against medical, the medical world. Um, pancreatic cancer. You've got about 12 months. You weigh that against what the doctors have to say. You'll be dead in 12 months. But how many of you know if you weigh that against God, how many of you know it's, it, it, it's easy for God to heal somebody of pancreatic cancer? Is that right? Now, is that right? So you weigh that against the medical profession, you're dead. It's over. You've got 12 months. Get your will, get your house in order. But if you weigh it against God, that's a little thing to God. How many in here have how many of you in here have, you've ever heard people magnify and they don't even know they're doing it but they're magnifying cancer? Yes or no? Yes. You know? That report would scare the EBGBs out of me. <gasps> Pastor, you're a man of faith and power. It would scare the EBGBs out of me. What are the EBGBs? I don't know, but it'd scare them out of me. But you see, if you will, if, if you're, and this is easier said than done. This message is easier to preach than it is to live. But if you will weigh the report against God and His Word and not against yourself and... And we're all for medical people. Thank God for, for medicine. I'm going to say some things about it at the end of this message. We're all for that. But how many of you know pancreatic cancer, they can't do anything for that. Very little. Is that right? So you weigh the report up against God. You, 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 you measure the giant up against God. How many of you know Goliath... Is a is a is a, is a little little. Can I use the word midget? Well, I just did. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but how many how many of you know? Oh, we can have a little fun in here, can't we? How many of you know? The giant to me it looks like a giant, but to God he looks like a midget. Is that right? Yes or no? Yes or no? And I don't mean to be disrespectful to. Any. The munchkins on the Wizard of Oz. I love those people. I love them. You got to throw a little bit of fun in here. Is that okay? But isn't it true? I mean, do you think Goliath intimidated God? You see where I'm going with this. You see. You understand? So, so number three, don't magnify the giant. Measure the giant against God, not against yourself. Okay. Now then, let's move on. 20, verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Underline that word uncircumcised. A lot of people read over that and miss it, but I don't want you to miss it. Uncircumcised Philistine. David, now David, first of all, David, does, he doesn't have the same attitude as these other soldiers, does he? 
These other soldiers are running for their lives. David, he's, he's got a whole different spirit about him, a whole different attitude. He's standing up here and he's saying, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? When he said uncircumcised, he, he said more than we realize. He said, I, I, I'll, say, I'll tell you what he really said. Who is this man that does not have a covenant with God? I've got a covenant with God, but who is this man that doesn't have a covenant with God? Goliath didn't have a covenant with God. What was David doing? He was weighing that giant up against God, wasn't he? Right? And he realized, and here's number four, here's number four. Know your enemy and know your covenant. Know your covenant. Know your covenant. Know know the word of God. Know what the word of God says. See, if you don't know what the word of God says, you'll, you'll think that pancreatic cancer is a death sentence. But if you know what the word of God says, how many of you know God's in the healing business? He can heal anything, can't he? I'm using that pancreatic cancer because it's probably the worst, just, it's just about the worst uh, 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 diagnosis you could get. Just about. If you don't know your covenant, if you don't know that God is in the healing business, if you don't know that it's God's will to heal you, if you don't know your covenant, now you're in trouble, aren't you? Doesn't the Bible say, my people, God says this, he says this in Hosea, he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And then the Bible also said, in 2 Corinthians, that if we're ignorant or unlearned concerning the devil's devices, that he'll take advantage of us. So we need to understand some things about our enemy. David understood that Goliath did not have a covenant with God. And he also understood that David, he understood that he did have a covenant with God. Okay? So number four, know your enemy, know your covenant. Now let's pick up in verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. He, he was the king. And he sent for him. <clears throat> then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of the giant. You see, David is not going to react based on fear, is he? He said, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. Now, you need to realize age has nothing to do with this. You, you can stand on your covenant if you're, you know, six years old as well as if you're 60. You understand that? I know, I know Sunday school students that, that, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and they know it's God's will to heal them. And they'll stand on that. See? So age doesn't have anything to do with it. He said, verse, verse 33, he said, but you are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. Now, do you see what Saul is doing here? He's weighing the giant up against David. And David's weighing the giant up against his covenant with God. Is that right? Verse 34. But David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant used to keep. Oh, get a hold of this one. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it. And delivered the lamb from its, from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. 
Verse 36. Your servant, David's speaking to Saul now, and he says, he's speaking about himself. He says, your servant, David, has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised, see he's emphasizing, uncircumcised, this this man without a covenant, this uncircumcised Philistine. See, see how he's picturing the giant? See how he's talking about the giant? He's not calling him Goliath. He's not calling him the giant. What's he calling him? Uncircumcised Philistine. Your servant, and watch this, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing that he's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Number five. Big one here. Practice your covenant on the smaller problems Before the giant shows up. Now this one right here. They're all important. All all ten of these. But number five and number six. are, are, Are really big ones here. Practice your covenant. On the smaller problems. Before the giant shows up. Practice your covenant. On the smaller problems. Before the giant shows up. This one's always been one that I've thought a whole lot about over the many, many years. Uh, which, which do you think is an easier case? Pancreatic cancer or a headache? That's an easier case. Headache, isn't it? So, so if we're not standing on our covenant on a headache... And if we can't be successful with a headache, what makes you think we're going to be successful with pancreatic cancer? So that one's, that one's I've spent a lot of time on. I've spent probably 30 years thinking about that one. That's a long time to think about something, isn't it? I remember uh, there, back many, many years ago, there was a group of, 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 of pastors in a certain region. And some of them had said... We're not going to take out health insurance because we don't want to spend the money on it. And, you know, if we get sick, we'll, we'll just believe God. And, and an elder minister got up in front of that group one day. I, I was there. I'll never forget it. And he said this. He said, he said, okay, so some of you guys aren't going to get health insurance. He said, you know, he said, which, which is easier to believe God for a monthly premium. Now, this was before Obamacare, so I don't know that. It's supposed to be funny, so I don't know if you... Well, people take me so serious all the time. You, what was that funny? Okay. You're laughing on the inside. But, here, but, but let's back serious now. Here's what he said. He said, he said, what makes you... He said, here's what he said. He said, if you can't believe God for a monthly premium... Back then, you know, maybe $100 a month, $200, whatever it was. He said, if you can't believe God for a monthly premium, what makes you think that you're going to be able to believe God for $500,000 
when you've had to undergo a massive major surgery. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me, doesn't it? Doesn't it you? I mean, if we can't believe God for $100 a month or $200 a month when there's no pressure, what makes us think that we're going to be able to believe God for half a million dollars to pay the hospital when we are under pressure? Does that make sense to you? So practice, I'll say it again, number five, practice your covenant on the smaller problems before the giant shows up. You know, of all the messages I've preached over the many years, I'd have to put this one near the, near the, near the top. But boy, if we could get a hold of this. This message. Because you know there's giants out there. How many of you know the world's a dangerous place, is it? It really is. But God has given us things that we can live out our days on this earth successfully and finish our course and live a long life. Is that right? But you are going to face giants along the way. And so I'm just telling you how to kill them when they show up. So what's number five? Practice your covenant. What did David do? He killed the lion. He killed the bear. He had experience with the smaller things. How many of you know the lion, the bear? Even though those are pretty big things, those are much smaller than what he's dealing with now with that giant. Is that right? So he's got experience with the lion. He's got experience with the bear. He's practiced his covenant on the smaller things. Now there's big things out there. And, and since he's, he's, you know, he's, he, he's all warmed up, ready to go. Did you get that point? Did you get it? So practice your covenant on the smaller problems before the giant shows up. Verse 38. Oh, get this next one. This next one has, has so many people have died young because of this next point. That they didn't have to. Now get this. So Saul clothed David with his armor. What did Saul do? He put his armor on David. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor. He tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. For I have not tested them, so David took them off. Number six, you can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the Word of God. And that's the reason right there a lot of people have, have, have died. Because they're trying to stand against the giant based on somebody else's revelation of the Word of God. Did you get what I just said there? You've got to have a revelation of the Word of God for yourself. Now you can, you can, you know, uh, there's a lot of good men and women of God in the land. How many of you know Billy Graham, one of the best men of God that's ever lived? And, you know, and Joyce Meyer, we have great respect for her. How many of you know I can't kill the giant based on Joyce Meyer's revelation of God? Is that right? No more than she, 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 she's faced some giants, Joyce Meyer, and she's killed, she's killed a lot of them. But she'd be the first to tell you that, that she learned a lot of things from other people, but she faced a giant based on her own revelation. You understand that? And so, so, you know, when the giant shows up, we're only going to be able to defeat him if we are standing against him 
based on what, what the revelation we have of the Bible. Do you understand that? Did you get how important that is? Yes or no? And I, I'm, I'm confident this is one of the reasons a lot of folk don't receive from God any better than they do is because they're trying to stand on the revelation that somebody else is walking in. They've, they've listened to a lot of messages. and of, Like in my case, I listened to a lot of messages of Brother Hagin. You know, and he'd, he'd been healed many times by the Lord. And it's real easy to listen somebody, to somebody else and you're kind of standing in their revelation and you're not standing in it for yourself. I remember Brother Hagen tells the story about his son who is now Pastor Hagen, but when he was like 15, 16, he got like an ear infection or something. And, uh, and, and Brother Hagen used to always pray for him and get him healed. And the same thing was true with his wife. He used to pray for his wife and get his wife healed. And there came a time where he couldn't do that anymore. He couldn't pray. He was praying for his son and his son wasn't getting healed. He was praying for his wife and his wife wasn't getting healed. And he sought the Lord. The Lord spoke to his heart right in here and said, they've got to stand on the right. In other words, what the Lord told him is, you know, they know as much about the word as you do. They've got to stand now on their own revelation. And I remember Pastor Hagen, who is Brother Hagen's son, was telling the story. He said, yeah, he said, when I stood up against, stood up against that ear infection and rebuked it in the name of the Lord Jesus, it left me. But his dad couldn't do it for him anymore. Why? Because he had to stand in his own revelation. Did you get that? Do you see how important this is? You can't kill the giant based on somebody else's revelation of the Word of God. You've got to get it for yourself. Now, you can listen to other people and listen to good ministers, and, and that's good, that's, but that's how you build your own revelation. But ultimately, you've got to get it for yourself. Did, did you get that? Okay, let's go on. Verse 40. Then he, David, took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. That was Goliath's armor bearer. Verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. How many of you know the giant doesn't like us? Didn't like David. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The devil will talk rough to you and tough to you and curse you. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Trying to intimidate David, you see. That's what the devil does, try to intimidate you. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Number seven, use the name of Jesus on the giant. That name that's above every name that's named. Number seven. What's number seven? Use the name of Jesus. Then verse 46. This day the Lord will... Now, notice what David... Now, has the devil... Has the giant been talking to David? Now, guess what? David, he uses the name of the Lord, and now David's going to talk to the giant 
Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I'll strike you and take your head from you. And this day I'll give it to the give the carcass of the and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So number eight, if you're taking notes, tell the giant what you're going to do to him by the power of God. The giant's been telling you what he's, what he's going to do to you. Why don't you start talking to him and telling him what God's going to do to him? Did you get that? One of the things I like to do when the devil comes to me, tells me he's going to kill me or this, that, or how does the devil talk? He talks, see, God will speak to you in here. Right in here. What's the number one way God speaks to us? Is through His holy written word. Is that right? Occasionally God will speak to us on the inside. And if it's God talking, it will always line up with the Bible. Is that right? It will always bear witness with your spirit if it's God speaking. The devil will throw thoughts at you. See, God speaks from the inside. The devil throws thoughts. Fiery darts. The devil's told me at times over the years, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put this on you and kill you. You know what you do? Get the Word of God and start reading. Go to the book of Revelation and start reading where he's cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Read that to him. And then read to him that after he gets out of the bottomless pit for a thousand years, he's going to go into the lake of fire. Start reading that to the devil right out of the Bible. And you know what? He'll tend to leave you alone. Do you hear me? So he's been talking to you, telling you what he's going to do to you. Well, you stand up in the power of the word of God in the name of Jesus and start telling the devil what you're going to do to him through the the power of the covenant of the word of God. Can you say amen to that? That's what David did. Now, verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet David. The Philistine. Number nine. Face down the giant. Like one person said, run toward the roar. This is easier to preach, I'm telling you, than it is to live. But we need to know this stuff, right? Run toward the roar. Face down the giant. David faced the giant down. Verse 49, then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Isn't that wonderful? Now listen, now notice this. This is very important. This has to do with good hospitals, doctors and medicines. Now listen, David not only used the name of the Lord. But he also used a sling and some stones, didn't he? He used something from the spiritual realm and he also used something from the natural realm. I believe very strongly in using good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. I I think God has given us good hospitals, doctors and medicines and we need to take advantage of them. Can you say amen to that? However, there are some things like pancreatic cancer that, and there's other things that doctors really can't do much for. Is that right? 
So I like what one good minister said. He said, it's the natural and the supernatural coming together that makes an explosive force for God. Let's use the spiritual tools God has given us, the name of the Lord, and let's use the natural tools God has given us, and let's be strong in the, in the spirit realm, let's be strong in the natural realm, and the two coming together make an explosive force for God. What do you, is that, is that, does that sit good with you? So David didn't just use the name of the Lord. He also used a sling and some stones, didn't he? Something from the natural realm, something from the spirit realm. And so David prevailed, verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. I like that, don't you? He used the devil's sword to cut off his own head. Isn't that something? I like that. He wasn't going to take any chances on that devil. How many's ever seen a horror movie? I mean, you know, and I, I, horror movie is not the right word. I don't like horror movies. Uh, one of those movies where it's a suspense. That's a better one. And the, and the bad guy's killed at the end and he's laying there. And you go... And then just about that time, the person that's laying, the guy that's laying there dead or whatever, he jumps up and he's still alive. How many's ever seen one of those besides me? And you just about jump out. Of, anybody ever watch something like that besides me? You just about, you, know, you think the guy, the bad guy's dead? Horror's not the right word for it. A sus, suspense is what I meant. How many's ever, you don't watch television? You're, you, you, have you ever seen something? Yeah. You know, they're laying there, do I need to lay down and illustrate, you know? And you think they're dead, and you're just about ready to turn the TV off, and oh, they, they're still alive, and then the, the good guy's got to get something else and clonk them again. To put. Well, that's what David did. He hit him with the, he hit him with the, the, the stone, and he's not taking any chances. He takes the sword and cuts off his head. Isn't that something? Think about that. David's walking around there with the head of the giant. Number ten. Finish the job with the word of God. Isn't the word of God likened unto a sword? I've seen a lot of people over the years, they'll, they'll, they'll stand in their covenant. They'll get, they'll get healed of whatever it is, but they don't stay in the word of God and they lose their healing. I've seen it again and again and again. No different than you going to the doctor how many's ever been to the doctor and he's given you a shot and then he, he sent you to the pharmacy to take some pills for a couple of weeks? Has anybody ever done that besides me? Now, how smart would it be to let the doctor give you a shot, but then you don't go to the pharmacy and you don't take any of the pills? That doesn't make any sense, does it? But I've seen people already, they've come into prayer line, we prayed for them, released the power of God into them, they got healed. But they didn't stay in the Word of God on a daily basis, and they lost their healing. I remember one time I had a strep throat, and I went to the doctor, and he gave me a shot, and he gave me some medicine. No, he didn't give me a shot in this case. He gave me just some medicine, moxicillin. And I took about half of the bottle, and I got to feeling real good. And guess what I did? I forgot to read on there where it said, take until finished, and I stopped taking it. And guess what happened? It came back on me and had to go get some more and follow the directions. 
we need to follow the directions, don't we? And so, so when, when, you know, you stand in your covenant, you get the victory, but then you also continue in the word of God, don't you? Anyway, David, he cut off this giant's head. He's got the giant's head. He's, he's going around. You've got to remember something here. David is probably in his teens. And don't teenagers, and really I guess all of us, we like trophies, don't we? David's walking around there with the head of this Philistine. Now that would gross most people out, wouldn't it? But he got him the head of the Philistine. He's walking around with the head of the giant. Walking around. I recommend that when God heals you or you get a victory over the devil, keep some kind of a memento. It'll encourage you for when the next time the giant shows up. Make a record of it or something. I've already seen people where they've been healed of something and they, they got the doctor's report of when you know they had so long to live and now they got the new report that, that they're totally healed. Take that, take that victory report and put it on your refrigerator something where, where you can... Because it's real easy to forget. How many of you know just human nature is kind of to be for, a little forgetful, let things slip? But don't ever forget about your victories. Because they'll keep encouraging you and, uh, and build you up for the next time when the giant shows up. You understand it? And that's what David did. He, had, he kept him a trophy. Amen. Now, let's finish this up. Let me, just a few more verses, we'll close. Do you enjoy this today? Verse 51. We'll pick up in the middle of the verse here. And when the Philistines saw... Now, now watch this. Now, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead... What did the rest of those little demons, demon people do? They hit the road, didn't they? See, if I learned this a long time ago, you know, you 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 knock down the big, the biggest and the baddest bully, the rest of the littler bullies will leave you alone. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Verse 52. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sherim, even as far as what? Now where was John? I said to remember this earlier on. Where did Goliath, Goliath come from? And so word is going to go all the way back to Gath, because you know if you study the Bible, Goliath had some brothers, didn't he? And how many of you want that word to go back into Gath? And that word goes in there, and Goliath, the biggest and the baddest, has been killed. There's a little kid over there killed one of the biggest, the biggest and the baddest we got. Don't you think that's going to discourage the other giants? That's why I had you remember Gath at the beginning. I want all the giants that the devil has discouraged. You know, you can discourage the devil. Did you know that? Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, verse 53, and they plundered their tents. Verse 54, and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. See, he's got that head. He's got that. He's going to put that up. Probably he's going to mount that somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> Did you get anything out of this? 
All right, let's review. What's the first thing? Let's see if you got anything. Real quick review. Number one, don't ignore the giant. Number two, don't react to the giant based on fear. Number three, don't magnify the giant. Number four, know your enemy, know your covenant. Number five, practice your covenant on the smaller problems before the giant shows up. Number six, you can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the word of God. Number seven, use the name of Jesus on the giant. Number eight, tell the giant what you're going to do to him. Number nine, face down the giant. And number ten, finish the job with the word of God and use medical science if you have to. Did you get anything out of it? Did you? All right, stand with me if you would. Let's close with a word of prayer. If you need ministry of any kind, we'll have some people up here that will be glad to pray with you if you need prayer. Let's have a general prayer here before we're dismissed. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And, sir, I full well understand that this message is a lot easier to preach than it is to live. But we know that it is possible to live. Otherwise, you wouldn't have given it to us in your word. So I pray for myself. I pray for us all. That we would remember the points of this message today. And that when the giant...